All right, everybody, you've just tuned in to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. Your Pittsburgh Steelers, ladies and gentlemen, are 7-0, and and once again, they're the only unbeaten team remaining in the National Football League. And this week, they will travel to the Lone Star State to take on the Dallas Cowboys in Jerry World, where I... I, I, well, there's going to be more Steelers fans than there is Cowboy fans. I can tell you that right now uh, of, of the percentage that's allowed in there. Um, but we'll get into that and much more on the Cowboys later. But first, cry boys. Uh, cry, cry boys. Yeah, well, there's something. A lot of crying going on down there in Dallas right now. I would and like it, to take credit for that, but it's not mine. It's Elsie Greenwoods. That's true. It does go back to Elsie. Um and, and and so much more. A good piece today from Gordon, our uh, Steelers historian, by the way, on Super Bowl thirteen. Uh, if you want to check that out at SteelCityBlitz.com, good stuff there. But uh, anyway, gentlemen, let's uh, let's not uh, belabor the point any further. Let's jump in and talk a little bit about the Steelers' unbelievable win in Baltimore. Um, and and uh, uh, Ian, go ahead and and just lay out your general thoughts on what you saw on Sunday in in Maryland. Holy crap! I can't believe we won this <laughs> fucking game. <laughs> um, I, I mean, we were we were dead in the water. We were, uh, you know, thinking back on it after the game, we were down seventeen to seven, getting run all over basically went four and out to start the second half and we're punting back to a Baltimore team that had pretty much had their way with us on the ground. I mean, we were, we were on the verge of, you know, going down 24, nothing or 24, seven, sorry, 24, seven. Um, and you know, being in, in some, some serious trouble and then Baltimore comes out and decides not to run the ball Alex Highsmith makes a great interception and less than 10 minutes of game action later, we're in the lead. (laughs) (laughs) Highsmith's interception came at 14.09 in the third quarter. And then James Conner scored a touchdown to put us ahead at 5.41. So it was, it was basically like eight and a half minutes of game time. Right. We went from down 10 and punting to in the lead like the the way that game changed so fast was incredible um the third the third drive of the third of the of the second half though was a thing of beauty yes oh you have absolutely. to acknowledge that you have to acknowledge that there was no luck involved in that yeah yeah well and, and we'll we'll definitely get into and, the second half and the offense and everything for sure but uh ian yeah. finish your comments yeah just the you know it's one of the weird things happen in this rivalry, right? It, it wouldn't be the best rivalry in football if weird things didn't happen. Right. You know, how, how often do you have a game where a team runs for 265 yards and loses? Um, mm-hmm. it, it, but Baltimore turned the ball over four times and committed nine yep. penalties for 110 there yards. There you go. On the other hand, Baltimore is eight for 15 on third downs. I mean, they were better than 50%, but we stopped them on that fourth down and goal or fourth down inside the 10 yard line right. when it really counted. And, you know, this, we talked a lot this year, early in the year, about how the Steelers were learning important lessons while they were still winning. And yeah. you saw a lot of those lessons that they learned in those games come back in this one. You know, Ben talked last week about how. This team had it felt a little early to talk about like a team of destiny kind of feeling, mm-hmm. but um, you know this team had that whatever you want to call it grit, heart, intestinal fortitude um, to carry them through tough situations. They learned against Houston they could come back if they were down at halftime. They proved that here. They learned against Philadelphia that the defense could come up big even if they'd been being gashed all game. That came back mm-hmm. here. Um, they learned against Denver that even if you give up a big play, the defense can come back on the next play and come through with a big play, get a turnover or a sack or something like that. You saw that happen again here in this game. So a lot of those lessons they learned early in the season are now coming back against these good mm-hmm. opponents. And sure. it's it's a it's a been there done that kind of thing. You know, they're not going into it with a oh oh man, we have no idea what we're doing. We've never been through this before. This is, you know, we're facing some adversity. We're just going to fold like some previous teams did. Um, yeah. These teams, have yeah. it's a been there, done that attitude. And they 
were there and did that against some bad teams, but it helps you when you play good teams that you have that experience to fall back on. Yeah, and absolutely this team did. Um and and I my my feeling was like you. I I was just uh in some form of stunned state that we had been able to hang on and, and win that game after really not being in a position to do so it seemed like for most of it. Uh Ben, uh your your thoughts as you watched uh this this thing unfold last Sunday. Uh, I, I, obviously I'm really glad that I was wrong. First of all, I guess same here, same here. Yeah. I mean, we all pretty much suck. Um, I mean, basically general thoughts are this, um, Wink Martindale, uh, Dean Martindale, nicknamed Wink, Wink. the, the, uh, Ravens defensive coordinator Mm -hmm. has had Ben Roethlisberger's number for years. He really has. He, he tends to hold Ben to, you know, less than stellar numbers and always has. And, and Ben did not look good in the first half at all. No, he was hurried. He was making bad decisions. It was four of 10 in the first half for what? 82 yards or something. It it was pathetic. It was pathetic. Um, But they come back out in the second half and (laughs) Ben (laughs) Ben said they were just kind of making it up as they went along. They were, he wasn't kidding. Yeah. yeah, no, no. He basically was like, "Hey, I'm going to tell the offensive line they have this protection when I see what the defense is doing, and I'm going to tell the guys that are running routes this is the route you're running," and it was working. So they just kept doing it because it was so unpredictable, I guess. Um, and the run game was was much better in the second half, although it wasn't terrible in the first. It just the passing game was was really bad. But really, it came down to the fact that they could sustain drives in the second half. Yeah. And as Ian mentioned before, all the turnovers, all the turnovers, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, four turnovers, four sacks, four tackles for loss. Uh, you know, it, when you do that, <laughs> you're you're not going to win games. You're just no. not. It is it doesn't matter how many yards you put down. Uh, they gashed the Steelers bad in the first half. The second not quite as bad. And as Ian pointed out, the defense came up big in that that fourth down right. inside the 10-yard line. That was beautiful. Um, and, and, you know, intestinal fortitude, mental toughness. Mm-hmm. Teams that have a lot of character, that have high-character guys. I'm going to open something. Wow, tend, there it is. Tend to, um, tend to play through things like this better than teams that have a lot of super talented individuals and Mm -hmm. that's that's what was wrong with the Steelers before when they had the high-powered offense and their defense wasn't so good they lacked talent on the defense they lacked character all the way around and they lacked locker room leadership and this year they've got a lot more talent on defense than they had before they've got locker room leadership that is absolutely solid Mm-hmm. They've got a whole bunch of guys, a whole bunch of uh, jacks of all trades on offense, if you will. Right. Guys who are who are pretty good at a lot of things. Maybe nobody's really stellar at anything on offense. Well, yeah. you know, unless you count David DeCastro. But uh, nobody's really stellar. But you got a whole bunch of guys that are playing as hard as they can to make the team better. And that's really what is driving this thing. And I said it last week, and I'll say it again. This is a special season. It feels to me like this could really be a special deal, and we need to enjoy this. We need to fully sit down, sink into this thing, and enjoy it because we're watching what's going to be a a really special year. I still don't think they're going to go undefeated. I think at some point they will stumble. Yeah. Could even be this week. I mean, well, (laughs) absolutely a possibility. Yeah. Um, And and when that happens, I won't say this team, you know, is is a bad team. I will not be that guy. I will not be one of these idiots. It's all Tom. See, Tom, it sucks. I'm not going to be that guy. Well, you guys knew that already. Um, But, you know. I I will I have acknowledged all the way along and I will continue to that they are not playing perfect football and that they are learning lessons mm-hmm. 
while winning games, which beats the hell out of losing and learning lessons. No question. Um, Yeah, let me piggyback on on one of those last comments you made here, and and Ian, I'll throw it to you. Um, The fact that the Steelers in in the first half against the Titans – it was one of the best first halves that we've seen in a long time. Um, they put up 24 points. They just looked really good offensively, uh, balanced, doing everything well. And then the second half, they only scored three points. They hung on for the win. Then Sunday, they come out, and, you know, if Robert Spillane doesn't get that pick six, uh, they're, they're probably looking at 17 nothing um, at the half. And, and had just a horrible first half. And then in the second half, they, they start finding things that work again. Um, yes. they what, played, what is, yeah, what's going on here? They played two of the three best teams in the AFC. Ah. They played four terrible quarters consecutively, got outscored 34 to 10 with the offense only putting up three points, and somehow won both games. So, I mean, it, you know, when you play good teams – Sometimes these things happen. Sometimes it's a halftime adjustment that one team makes that the other team isn't quite able to counter. Uh, sometimes, in in this case, we made some halftime adjustments, specifically on defense. Um, yeah. I was listening to Arthur Motes um, on one of the radio shows this week talking about how it was a, a great point, and I didn't notice it when I was watching the game live, but I noticed it more when I went back and, and watched the, the game tape. Right. That In the first half, the defensive linemen were trying to use swim moves to get around and behind the offensive mm-hmm, linemen, mm-hmm. essentially. And in the second half, they more or less stopped with the swim moves and tried to cut across the face of the linemen to essentially beat them to the spot and beat them to the hole. And that led to a lot of their success against the run game because – in theory, you know, penetration into the backfield is usually a good thing. So those swim moves, you know, yeah. going, going over the linemen, it usually helps blow up running plays in the backfield. But because Baltimore was doing so much outside zone, that was actually running guys too Runner close to the, the handoff yeah. point, and the running back was able to get outside and get around him. Whereas, you know, trying to trying to beat the linemen down the line to the spot helped fill some of those holes and close down some of those outside runs. Mm-hmm. And it was a fantastic point by Arthur Motes. I can't take credit for it. Uh, but I definitely noticed when I went back and watched it. And yeah. uh, Isaiah Bugs, for as bad as he played in the first half, filling in for Tyson Alulu, played yeah. really, really good in the second half. He, he did a great job getting off blocks and uh, really helping to plug up the middle. And we did some different things defensively in this game. We used mm-hmm. some, some five linebacker sets where we put Bud and TJ on the same side. And, uh, you know, I think the the assignment football was a lot better in the second half, too. Absolutely. There were, there were times in the first half where, you know, TJ was supposed to go after the quarterback and someone else was supposed to have the running back. And the guy yep. didn't have the right. There was some confusion about who was going for who. Um, but the one thing we they did do, which we talked about last week, was it seemed like whoever the weak side defensive end was always had the quarterback and even on plays where Jackson handed off he still got hit a couple of times by Bud and TJ and thrown to the ground yeah. a couple of times too that he wasn't allowed to just stand back there and hand it off they were they were punishing him anytime they could and I think it, it did kind of add up over the game the other thing I'll say is Jackson had a bad game but I was not at all impressed with him throwing the ball. We talked last week about how he wasn't real good hitting mm-hmm. guys in stride, how he was a lot better throwing to stationary targets, but he sucked. I mean, he was terrible <laughs> throwing the ball. And, I, I, you know, at halftime, yeah. I was like, man, if they weren't running all over us, if we had a lead in this game, there's no way they could come back because Jackson just couldn't complete anything out there. And he was, no. it was, it was bad. Yeah, um, he, he had a lot of bad throws. Yeah, but the the pressure percentage was almost twenty percent, as I recall after mm-hmm. after the game, looking through the stats. But I mean, I I completely agree with what Ian just said. He was not a good thrower at all. He was really inaccurate, awful. Well, that's you know that's two relatively bad games for him in the two games that he's played against the Steelers. They, uh, you, you know, yep. he he won the one last year at Heinz Field. That he has, let's, let's he has no, a combined he has a combined seven turnovers and he's been sacked nine times in the two games he's played against mm-hmm. the Steelers. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it, it's hard to, to really pinpoint it, but I, you know, that was kind of the knock on him coming out, you know, yeah, he was a great runner. Um, yes, he, he was dynamic as a, as a thrower at times, but there were questions about the accuracy. Um, you know, there, there were several plays that, that, you know, I, I was thinking of that last or second to last drive, you know, where he, he just hurried and dumped the ball to Mark Andrews and Andrews didn't have a chance. He barely got a hand on it. And, and it was all of about an eight yard pass. Right. Um, he, he just, I, I, you know, to go with what Ian just said, if if you get a lead on them, I don't have a lot of confidence that he's going to be able to bring bring that team back. Uh, I, I just don't think he's accurate enough throwing the ball. He's um, better when he's standing still than when he's on the move. Well, yeah, if he has and, if he has time to set his feet and throw the ball. I mean, most quarterbacks are that way anyway. Right, but he he throws on the move more frequently than most quarterbacks do. Mm-hmm because he has confidence in himself that he can do it. And he was pressured so often in this game that it affected his accuracy. In my opinion, he, he looked even worse than he actually is playing against the Steelers because of the way that they played him. And I got to give him credit. You know, they, uh, they held him Their Their game plan was obviously to hold him. It was not to hold the run game, which, Shocks yeah. the hell out of me. I thought it would be the the other way around. I thought they were going to dare him to beat them mm-hmm. and hold the run game in, in check, and they did not. Well, Dobbins is the real deal. Very nice running back. Obviously, we've we've seen Gus Edwards before. They were without Mark Ingram, and and yeah, anytime you rush for those kind of yards, you you really should win a football game. But I'm glad they didn't, and and there's plenty of reasons why they didn't. Um, but. Uh, uh, go go back just just for a few minutes, uh, Ian. Um, uh, offensively, are you concerned at all about the running game with the Steelers? I mean, I know Baltimore's defense isn't exactly a slouch here, but um, they they ran for less than fifty yards. Um, is, is that going to get better? Does it have to get better? I mean, what, what's going? What do you see happening there? It's going to get a lot better this week because Dallas's run defense is garbage, dead last. Um, yeah, yeah, and and not only dead last in yards, but also like dead last in yards before contact. Like they're not even getting close to guys. Mm-hmm. So that being said, some of it was was game script, right? When you fall behind by ten points at halftime, True. you're going to go away from the running game. You're going to and what they did was absolutely what they needed to do. They put the ball in Ben Roethlisberger's hands. They mm-hmm. let him essentially call the offense. It essentially turned into a schoolyard offense, but yep. it worked, you know. And we Ben. Ben has been in this offense long enough that you know he can audible to run plays. He can audible out of run plays to pass plays. He can do what he wants based on what he sees, and I trust him at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not terribly concerned about the run game. Um, you know, this was by far our lowest rushing total of the season. Actually, before the Tennessee game, we'd run for over 100 yards in every game. Every game. Um, in Tennessee, we ran for 94 total. So um, I'm not not really that concerned about the running game um especially because we kind of reversed the script in this game too you know in against tennessee we came out throwing the ball and we talked about how it was like a bell coward game right where you you threw the ball to get the lead and then you ran the ball to run yep. out the clock kind of pound right same thing we kind of did against cleveland right you threw to take the lead then you you run to to grind out the clock in the second half this game they came out trying to run the ball over baltimore and it didn't really work too well and they had a lot of three and outs and a lot of punts in the first half and baltimore had a lot of long sustained drives too i mean Mm -hmm. baltimore dominated the time of possession it wound up at about a 10 minute difference but it was a lot more than that for a big chunk of this game too yeah that baltimore controlled the clock we didn't run a whole lot of offensive plays i think i think Baltimore 50, ran like 70, 70 plays and we ran like 50. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a big difference in number of plays. Uh yeah, the the peripheral statistics on this game were no. <laughs> they ran 82 plays and we ran 53. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So it was it was not good. Um but yeah, I'll say that if we had come out throwing and had a lead and then we're running the ball later, um, I think the the script would have been flipped a little, a little bit. bit different. If he came out trying to run and that didn't work and had to throw to catch up, 
you know, and then then when you're in the second half and it's in crunch time, and mm-hmm. basically every time we got the ball back, we were playing catch up because once we got the lead, then Baltimore scored again, then we had to come score again. So it was fine. I'm I'm not yeah. terribly worried yeah. about it, and I expect a, a big game on the ground this week against Dallas. Yeah, I the numbers all stack up to do just that. Um, like you said, they're they're terrible against the run. They're terrible at getting contact uh, before the line of scrimmage. You know, it, it just everything looks good, and of course, that's what scares me. But we'll get into that, um, Ben. A couple of like postscript items here from the Ravens uh, before we move on to to talk Dallas a little bit. Um, why was there so much attention paid to the last play? Was it just simply because of the the reaction that Harbaugh made and got caught on camera because that that was not helmet to helmet at all. What? Why did it get any attention? Oh, he got hit in the head, but it it doesn't yeah. make any difference. They're both no. playing the ball. Correct. Uh, it got so much attention because Harbaugh is a fucking whiner. I mean that that's what yeah. he does. You want to know your favorite college coach does the same <laughs> fucking thing. Um. Saw a lot of that last week, and I'm hoping we'll see more this week. God, I mean, it, it's gotten well, to the point what where when you the... lose to a team that just lost to Rutgers. <laughs> Ian, it doesn't hurt me. It doesn't hurt me. I, 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 I just, I love it. I, I, I sat there rooting for State to tack on another one, and they did. And I'm like, yes, get that asshole out of here. Okay, uh, then. I digress. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, okay. It's gotten but, to the point where, yeah. The flair with which the Harbaugh brothers uh, demonstrate their incessant fucking whining has gotten yeah. to the point where it's just you call it Harbaughing. They're they're Harbaughing. Oh, it it's is Harbaugh. It's, it's uh, just God. It's just awful. Yeah, must have been a real uh, fun family to grow up with. Um, <laughs> but uh, again, in that instance, they're both receivers: the DB and the receiver. Yes, he was playing the ball. Yeah. They both had the right to tr- to try and play the ball. Uh, I don't know where Harbaugh can even try and rationalize Mm-mm. that that Mm-mm. was a penalty. The thing that really pisses me off is there are some Ravens fans that believe it was because yeah. Harbaugh tells them that it was. It's like, are you kidding me? No. And yeah. if that was your guy, if that was your DB, you would call it completely the opposite. Yep. Yep. So it, shut the fuck up. Yeah. It was it was two guys being athletic, trying to get a ball. They slammed into each other. It looked way worse than it was, and and so he, you know, oh, he can't hit in the helmet, you know, all that crap. But um, it, yeah. So the, again, the, the, if he had not been playing the ball, yeah, if the contact was, had not yeah. been incidental. If right, if Minka was diving at him, trying to get him to drop the ball. Then I could see calling the penalty, but that was not the case. Yeah, the contact was completely incidental. They both were playing the ball. In fact, mm-hmm. Minka touched it first. Yeah, he had more of yeah. the ball at, at one point. Yeah, and actually, um, Sneed ran into Minka's arm. It wasn't like Minka jumped into Sneed. Right. Yeah. Right. And and exactly. by the way, what, what is up Sneed's ass? He he just was kind of a dick the whole game. Did you notice that? Uh huh. I, I I mean I've I guess I've seen it before with him a little bit. But there man, there were was... a handful of Ravens that were a little chippy during the game. Yeah. I thought, um, and that's fine. You know, no, I hate sure, those fuckers sure. anyway. It just gives me yeah. more fuel to do so. Um, one final postscript item: uh, the Marlon Humphrey, of course. Um, Monday morning, it was announced that he had tested positive for COVID. Uh, and now my understanding is they have other players that are uh, in a similar situation. The NFL has not said boo about their game with Indianapolis this week, so they could be a little shorthanded. And um, you They've know, got the a bunch Colts, of guys on the COVID, uh, yeah. COVID reserve list. Yeah. Yep. And I think what are you you got to be on there? What uh, you got to have so many negative five tests days. in a row? Five five, five days. days in a row of negative tests. Yeah. So I, you know, Indy's not a great team, but you know they can they can maybe do some things. I wouldn't mind seeing another uh, loss on the Ravens. Oh <laughs> man, would that not there? be fantastic? Um, that would be yeah, freaking yeah. wonderful. You are listening to the uh, Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated, serving Brown in the southern Palm Beach counties. Whether it's commercial, residential, multifamily, or condos, contact Deck Roofing today at deckroofing.com. Hey, All real right. quick. Yeah, um, go for it. I want to talk about the Avery Williamson trade. Well, yeah, I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, 
had it on my my mental docket, and I hadn't gotten there yet. Okay. Um. Yeah. You know, obviously, we've heard about the fact that the Steelers made a trade yep. with uh, with the Jets or Williamson. Um, excellent trade, in my opinion. Excellent, excellent Agreed. trade. Number one, uh, there's no currency in terms of uh, 2021 draft choices going out mm-hmm. the door. Right. Um, the Steelers traded away a 2022 fifth, number five, for yep. Williamson and a 2022 seven. Yep. Williamson is a free agent next mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. And unless he really wows them, I don't expect him to come back. No. Nope. He very likely will sign with another team and qualify the Steelers for a compensatory draft pick. They may even get that fifth that they traded away back. Yes. Brilliant. They probably not. They'll probably get a six. Yeah. But they'll get he will qualify for a draft pick. So they traded away a draft pick that they're gonna get back in the form of a five or a six and picked up a seven. Mm-hmm. For a rent a player who's not super cheap. He makes two point seven five yeah. per year plus uh seven fifty per per active game in seventeen different chunks. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh three and a half million. He just to give you a little backstory, in twenty twenty, excuse me, twenty nineteen, he tore his ACL in the preseason because Adam Gase made him stay out and play another series with the backups in the, in the preseason. That's right. And then That's before right. this year to stay with the jets, the jets made him take a pay cut. <laughs> God. So I, you can imagine the guy probably isn't feeling a great deal of loyalty to the jets. No, That might be part of the reason he was so happy to get the hell out of there. Well, besides the fact that his team was zero and eight and he was going to a team that was seven and zero, I mean, well, sure. There's that too. I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, you're excited about the fact that you are going to a team that could potentially compete for a Super Bowl. Um, you know, and I'm not gonna I'm yeah. not gonna christen them as the best team in the league nope. yet. I'm not gonna be that nope. guy. But I uh they're a very solid team and he wanted to be a part of that. Yeah. And the other thing you look at is the Steelers recently signed Ray Wilborn to the practice squad, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a rookie out of Ball State who was known in college for his ability as a coverage linebacker. Tall and drink did, of water. Big tall drink not, of water. Yeah, 6'4", yep. two and a quarter. Um, they did not promote Wilborn to the active roster. Instead, they went ahead and they acquired Avery Williamson. And it also occurred to me today that they've got Antoine Brooks sitting on the practice squad. They drafted him this year in the sixth. And he, he was supposed to be... Week, didn't he? No, no, he's in the I practice he squad. Did. He's in the hmm. practice squad. Okay. He's supposed to be a kind of hybrid, strong safety coverage linebacker, you know, yeah. dimebacker. That that was what they drafted him for. And they didn't bring him up either. Mm-hmm. So it kind of makes you wonder what they think of these guys... Or, you know, and it could just be they, they think that Williamson is is that much better a cover player. Personally, I watched some of his tape from this year. I don't think he's that much better than the guys they have now. He's a little better. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Vince, in particular, lacks lateral quickness. Um, it, it surprised me when I watched the Ravens game. Spillane... I don't know if he's better at diagnosing plays, and that could just be it. And mm-hmm. he's he's getting on routes a little faster, but he seems to be a little bit better in coverage than Vince is. Not to say that he's good. No, I know what um, you mean. Spillane's a lot better in zone than he is in man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, very much so. For smart, sure. smart player. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, I, well, so, and you don't want either one of those guys in trail. Please, God, no. No, uh, no. And Williamson is a little better than both, but I'd say that he's – Slightly above average, but pretty average. He's not like great. Can we? Can One we agree thing. though? Yeah. Well, Ian, just let me because that might be where yeah. you're going here. Can we agree that he's Williamson wasn't brought here to be a cover linebacker though? I, I think this is more about depth, isn't it? I, I think it's both. I think it's the fact that um, they they need some coverage there. They need somebody who yeah. can play on third down, 
And yeah, they need depth as well. But they're yeah, basically I mean, getting this guy for next to nothing. Other mm-hmm. than they got to pay him. Right. The, the Jets shed some salary and and got something back for a guy that they gave up on. Yeah. And, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. Ian, what, what were you going to say? So uh, a few points to add here. Um, Avery Williamson went to Kentucky and actually Tomlin had mentioned that he met Williamson at Bud Dupree's pro day and they had hung out and kind of talked football and all that kind of stuff. So um, they kind of had their eye on him for a little while. He got drafted by Tennessee to start and Tennessee who, as we know, Dick LeBeau went there after he was here, runs a very similar defense with similar structure, similar terminology to ours Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. Jets run a bit of a different defensive scheme so I think if you want to see how Williamson fits probably have to look back till you know 2017 when he played in Tennessee Um, but it's someone that's has some familiarity with the type of scheme we like to play and I think the important point too is it's veteran experience Mm -hmm. and a guy who could potentially call and set up a defense. I know we talked a lot about, you know, who's going to get the green dot one, but now that Devin Bush was out that if you have another injury there, I mean, they just put Ulysses Gilbert on the uh, injured reserve because of a back injury. We were really thin on depth at linebacker and having a guy with veteran experience is a, a big, big plus, especially one that has experience in a system similar to Pittsburgh's because it's not easy to pick up. No, I, I, I agree. I, it, what you said is a great point, especially related to the, the LeBeau years in, in Tennessee. And uh, yeah, he, he yeah. was playing, he was playing this year in that Greg Williams defense. And um, yeah, so he, he, he's going to have some things to kind of revisit as he comes into Pittsburgh and gets, you know, familiar with our defense and, and so on. But um, I, <laughs> guys, I hate these games coming up. I hate this Cowboy. I'd rather this Cowboys team was was five and two than two and five. I, I can't stand these type of games. I don't think they're trap games. I, I think I think this is a good Steelers team. We've talked about how we think it's a special team. We we we've talked about what they've overcome and still won games. I, I don't think they're gonna overlook this team at all. But that said, it has all those little hallmarks of of a game where the Steelers facing a guy that's never started an NFL game before a quarterback. It's either going to be Gilbert. Or, oh, hello, Maggie. Hi, Maggie. Um, it, it, it's either going to be Gilbert or it, it's going to be um, uh, Cooper Rush, uh, co- played collegiately at Central Michigan. Um, you know, they're banged up on both sides of the ball. They're just a train wreck. Ben, why should we not worry about this game? Or maybe why she would she would we? Well, I'm worried for a lot of the reasons you just laid out. I mean, yeah. I this, let's be honest: the Steelers have been known at times to play down to their competition, and they have also <laughs> lost some games they shouldn't have lost in, yeah. in years past. And so, yeah, that gives us pause. I think this team as we talked about before is a lot better from a character standpoint mm-hmm. and that, that will serve them well in this situation. So I'm less concerned about that aspect of it, but then you also look at, at their travel history under Mike Tomlin oh, outside the Eastern time zone. It, I mean, they won, they won a game they did in, in the central this year in, yep. in Nashville. Yep. Um, but they've lost a bunch of games. This is as far west as they'll have to go this year. This this is it. This is yeah. the last the last one. So, you know, this was one of the games at the beginning of the season that I looked at it and at the schedule and I went, crap, they gotta play yeah. in Dallas. And yeah. I hate Dallas and I hate Dallas fans and they yeah. might lose that game. And I actually got invited to go to this game. A friend of mine, uh well, a customer. Uh yeah a client at work uh, got a suite and he invited me to go and I turned him down. This is like an August. Well, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I was like, I don't, I, I don't even know actually if he still has the tickets. I guess obviously they're, they, you know, they scaled back on the number of people they're yeah. allowing into the yeah. stadium, but he has a suite and he, I, I, I was concerned about, how poorly they tend to play in those situations. And I knew that if they lost the game and I was in Dallas, I was going to hate my life. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so I decided not to go, which that kind of sucks. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I also the, know some Steelers fans that as soon as they found out that Cooper Rush might start, they were like, yeah, selling my tickets. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I mean, and I get it. I Here's what worries me from the strategic point of view. Um, I, it sounds like Cam Hayward might be able to go. Um, I'll, why? I'll look at, huh? Why? Why? Why, why play him? I mean, he. Well, it's, a, it's a strained left quad. Why play him? Why well, not? Why not just sit him for a week? Why? Because those those injuries can can linger and worsen oh, for sure. And you're going to need him down the road. Why not just sit him for a week? But but here's here's what I'm getting at. You're you're going up against a, a fairly banged up, injured offensive line. Yeah, but they they do still have. Ezekiel Elliott, you know they're going to try to run the ball because they're going to have a young, inexperienced quarterback. Um, and your defensive line is basically going to be what you know to it and and Isaiah Bugs, who by the way is now nursing an ankle injury, um, and probably Hank Mondo. Um, so I, it, that's my concern for this game. Uh, yeah, I just decided to call him Hank. I don't know why. Oh, okay. um, yeah, that's my concern. But I, I'm with you. I, I in a perfect world, I would just be like, "Hey, Cam, I need you to sit this one out." Uh, and and maybe he doesn't even get that many snaps. I don't know if you're gonna. Cam says up, he's you know. fine, but right. I still, I if I played him at all, I'd have him on a pitch count. I just, I yeah. don't yeah. think it's worth the risk yeah. against a team that is this. I don't want to use the word this bad because that that's like selling them short they're still an nfl team but they are they're banged up yeah they have a new coach i tend to wonder if they believe in their system if they believe in each other they're a mess and if there is a game that you can afford to lose this is it yeah nfc game doesn't hurt non-conference game away game uh, you know, you can afford to lose this game. I don't want to lose this game because I fucking hate Dallas fans. Exactly. Buys them. But let's be frank. If there is a game they can afford to lose, this is it. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing to factor in here is we're coming off two slobber knockers, um, two three. road games. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, three. The Cleveland game Cleveland. was another one, a super physical game. We talked yeah. about that before the physical game, before yeah. the Cleveland game. And, and that's, they've, they've had three really physical games yeah. in a row, yeah. and now they're going up against a, a, a more of a finesse team. It, it is, um, and a team that, that has nothing to lose. I mean, yeah. I, I think, you know, you'll, you'll see all the stops pulled out. You know, they still have good speed at their wide receiver positions, um, but I, I – I, I just have a hard time seeing us not come out of there with the win. I, um, I would tend know. to agree with you. I, I think that, that yeah. Bud and TJ are going to have a field day. They, and they whoever should. whoever is throwing the ball for the for the Cowboys is going to be running for his life. Yeah. And I, yep. it's real hard to get to the ball, get the ball to wide receivers when the quarterback's running for his life. It just is. And and you know, another thing too, and I, I meant to mention this a moment ago, uh Congratulations to Stefan Tuitt, AFC Defensive Player of the Week. Um, monster yeah. game. Monster Very game. Very well deserved. Uh, yep. Two sacks, three tackles for loss, a bunch of other tackles. Um, you know, th- this is the type of play that I think we all uh, expected uh, on a consistent basis from him. And, and again, and the injuries have been an issue. Um, but, it, you know, uh, it, they, it is they could not block him last week. No. Week. No, they, they, they literally they could not. They were trying no. to double him, and he was splitting him. Just going, boom. Yeah. It was nuts. And, yeah. and I, I so. did not, since we're talking defensive line, and, and Ian mentioned Isaiah Bugs playing much better in the second half. Mm-hmm. He played a little better in the second half, but he, he didn't get doubled at all. And Aluala was getting doubled and still was able to to split doubles and or hold the point of attack. Mm-hmm. Which I, you know, I thought I gave I gave the Ravens a lot of credit for recognizing that Aluwalu was out and then singling up Bugs after the fact and freeing up another man so they could they could double either Cam Amber or Tuit yeah. and and get, getting us for a lot of yards on the ground. 
in the first half. Now, in the second, the Steelers made some adjustments. Ian alluded to those already. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, played more gap sound football in the second half. Still gave up a lot of yards on the ground, I felt, but not as bad. Yeah. As yeah. it was in the first. Um, yeah, Ian, uh, jumping back in after, uh, putting his, uh, daughter down to sleep since she, you know, so rudely interrupted the show. Um, <laughs> I am yeah, back. yeah, I mean, we're, we're looking at a situation where it's going to be Cooper, uh, uh, Rush or, or, um, uh, Garrett uh, Gilbert, Garrett Gilbert, uh, where yes. did he, did he play at Missouri? Uh, he was at Texas to start, and okay. then SMU. What, what about Ben DiNucci? He, he's definitely not going to start. That's yeah. the rumor. They don't want to start him this week. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was terrible last week. I mean, you oh, saw yeah. it. he was. Yeah. He was. Yeah. He was. He was um, very overwhelmed. He played like you would expect a seventh round pick to play, and I don't know what Jerry Jones was talking about this week when he said they invested a lot in DiNucci. So I was like, you spent a seventh round pick on yeah, him, really on a rookie deal. He's a rookie quarterback out of James Madison, where I mean, he was a good FCS quarterback. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but he doesn't have a strong arm. His his type of throwing the ball was more of your dink and dunk, you know, high percentage throws type mm-hmm. offense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was the Chad Pennington of the FCS. There we go. Um, <laughs> Chad Pennington of the there's, FCS. There's a name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, he's not gonna he's not gonna push the ball right. down the field, but he can he can be efficient and win you games. But that's not at all what Dallas's offense is built to do, because Dallas's offense is built for Dak Prescott to grip it and rip it down the field. And yeah. we talked a lot about that last year when Ben was hurt. That you need backup quarterbacks that can run a similar system yes. to what your starting quarterback can do. Yes. And granted Dallas is now on their third quarterback or it'll be fourth this week, depending on who they start. Right. But I have no sympathy for them because there's Steelers fans out there who wanted Mike McCarthy so bad. And Mike McCarthy uh, went five with backup quarterbacks and Mike Tomlin went eight and eight with Duck Hodges playing quarterback. So right, right. there you go. The, the one thing I will add though is uh Garrett Gilbert he's been kind of a journeyman backup hasn't started a lot in the league um at all started started at Texas then went to SMU um he does have some running ability so we do have mm-hmm. to be cognizant of that um so does Rush if he does start and Rush does too you're probably more yeah. familiar with Rush having played at Central yeah. Michigan than I am um yeah. so just to be cognizant of that although coming off a game against lamar jackson i would you know i would be shocked if we, a, a scrambling quarterback took us by surprise but really i right. i don't see i don't see this game you know the the only way i see us losing this game is if ezekiel Elliott goes crazy and has a massive game mm-hmm. but we just had a game where we gave up 265 on the ground and still won um and dallas's offensive line is garbage they're terrible um zeke has not been good all year um and so really the only way i see us losing this game is if we beat ourselves if we commit a bunch of turnovers if we throw some pick sixes like we did a couple times in oakland you know the i always go to the raiders games right because those are always those games where we're supposed to win them they sure seem to be gotta bring that shit up yeah yeah but you know, neither of these quarterbacks are going to run for a 97-yard touchdown like Terrell Pryor did. But not gone. If, if we, yeah, if if we have one of those games where Ben throws four interceptions and two or three of them get taken back for touchdowns, then yeah, we could lose. Yeah, yeah, but if, yeah. if the Steelers play their game, don't commit a bunch of penalties and don't commit a bunch of turnovers, there's no way I see us losing this game. Well, and and any catches that are disputed, we know are going to go against us because Tony Carrenti is the official, and uh, oh, he once he once officiated the uh, <clears throat> Jesse James catch, not a catch game, but I won't go any further into that. Uh, so, uh, Ben, uh, final thoughts as we wrap things up here on uh, on the show. Final thoughts. Final uh, thoughts. Cowboys suck donkey balls. <laughs> and and we better win this fucking game. I I mean, come on. Yeah. Come on. I mean, I if, if we lose this game, I will I personally will never hear the fucking end of it and I despise Cowboys fans. I cannot stand them. That's the reason everybody hates the Cowboys. Nobody hates the Cowboys players. They just like it when the Cowboys lose because they like to see their goddamn fans sad. There's really a lot of truth to that. There's a lot no, of truth it, there. It's, it's yeah. 100%. Think yeah. about this. The Cowboys haven't really been relevant in a couple of decades. 
Oh no! Every it's, once in a while, they make yeah. the playoffs. They go out in the first round. It's you know, it's fine. Yeah. It's over. Whatever. They they really haven't been a competitive team for a long time. People hate the Cowboys because they hate their fucking fans. That's it. I, I, there's no argument for me. I, I have no argument. Uh, prediction, Ben. Give me your prediction for Sunday's game. Oh shit! I forgot. Um. Well, when last I checked, the Steelers were only favored by three and a half. Out <laughs> <laughs> of right? ten to that, it's thirteen and a half. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. yeah. Oh shit! They're not going to cover. Um, thirteen and a <laughs> half. Really? Yeah. Uh, I'll just have to make it up on the spot. Usually, I have these things worked out before we do this. Um, <laughs> hmm. Let me see. Is it really 13 and a half? It yeah. is. It, it's it's almost Chiefs Jets territory. Oh my god. Uh Steelers 28 Cowboys 18 uh 10 of those points scored in garbage time. I don't okay. know. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. Very, I'd, I'd love to see some garbage time. That that means I'm relaxed and and not having a coronary like Fred Sanford. Uh, <laughs> Ian, uh, final thoughts and a prediction. All right, I'll start with a prediction first. Because oh, um, okay. while Ben was going through that, I worked it out in my head. I'll go with Steelers thirty-four to thirteen. It'll be it'll be it. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. It'll be close. It'll be close at halftime, though. It'll be like seventeen ten or something, and people will be like, "Oh, we're so terrible. We should be kicking the shit out of this team." You know, the, the same people that wanted to fire Mike Tomlin at halftime of the Texans game will be throwing a giant fit on Twitter, yeah. uh, and then we'll just we'll pull away in the second half uh, because yeah. they they can't hang with us for two halves. There's a reason football games are sixty minutes and not twenty not or thirty or twenty eight or, or thirty five. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yes. So, uh, yes, I'll, I'll go 34 okay. to 13 is my prediction. Uh, one other thought that I will add, mm-hmm. um, I have sack data in a spreadsheet dating back to 2000. I don't have it all the way back to 1982 when sacks became an official statistic, but at least okay. since 2000, mm-hmm. there has not been a team that's had three guys record double digit sacks. There's been teams that had two. Two. No one's had three. And right now, Dupree and Tuitt both have six sacks, and Watt has six and a half. And we're not we're only seven games into the right. season. So if you extrapolate that, like all three of them are on pace to at least get to that ten sack mark to hit those double digit sacks. Wow. So it would be a you know, Ben was talking about how good Tuitt has been this year. We know how good Dupree and Watt are because they they both hit that double-digit sack barrier last year. Yep. Um, and two, it's on pace to do it this year too. So, I mean, that would be that would be a historic uh, a situation for our and, defensive front. And and to piggyback on that, the Steelers now have a sack in sixty-five straight games. The record is, I believe, sixty-nine, 69. by the the Warren Sapp. Uh, Derek Brooks Buccaneer group. Um, so hopefully we will uh, achieve that in the next month here. Yeah. Um, so yeah. considering we're going to have either Gilbert or Cooper rush this week, I got to think we get one unless yep. Tony Corrente calls zero holding penalties on Dallas <laughs> offensive line. Next week we have the Bengals, which Joe Burrow is leading the league in pass attempts, which I don't know if that's the and, best and, way to and getting killed. Yes. Yeah. That too, and then the Jaguars, who are starting some guy I never heard of because Gardner Minshew's hurt this week. So yep. um, I, I got I like our chances the next three weeks, <laughs> and then we've got Baltimore on Thanksgiving night, and uh, we just saw what happened there too. Right. Plus, two of their linemen got hurt in that game, including Ronnie Stanley, who they just paid a bunch of money for. Tons which of money was not a dirty hit by T.J. Watt, by the way. It was just no. one of those plays that happens. He just he came across, and yeah. you know, if he hits Jackson, everything's fine. But he missed Jackson, and. Uh, <laughs> It is what it is. Um, so, yeah, but final thoughts on Dallas. Yeah, Their receivers are good. They've got some good receivers, yes, but they, they don't have a quarterback that can get them the ball. Um, actually, uh, Tony Pollard, their backup running back, is having a better season than Ezekiel Elliott is, but they paid Zeke like $15 million a year, mm-hmm. so they can't, they can't bench him for Pollard, who objectively has been the better running back, and they do use Pollard on, like, kick and punt return kick returns yeah. mostly so but keep an eye out for him because i mean that he's got some 
he's got some quicks. He's got he does. Some, he does. Um, he's a he, he's a better runner than Zeke is. Uh, and yeah, their their defense is is absolutely garbage. Um, linebackers are decent, but the rest of it, the the defensive front is terrible. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're yeah. just not not good. Yeah. Um, so really, as as long as I fully expect us to come out, I'd like to see us throw early, get the lead, and then be able to grind it down. James Conner should be able to have a field day here. Um, yes. But don't don't put Ben in bad situations. Use use the running game. Eat up the clock. Get out of here. Uh, you know, survive in advance here. We've we made it through three brutal, tough physical games. Um, don't don't get yourself killed here in in Dallas. Don't suffer a season ending injury when you don't have a bye week here in the second half mm. of the season. Because let's not forget, like this was kind of supposed to be our bye week here after the Baltimore game. But yeah, it was, it was, and uh, unfortunately, it's not going to be. But uh, we'll, we'll grind on and persevere, as they say. One, uh, one more, yeah. one more yeah. postscript, because yeah. Ian brought up the the, the sixty minutes thing. Uh, I used to watch football with a guy named Bob Butler who passed away a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I watch with a large group of Steelers fans that ranges. Well, this year it's like 50 people, but, mm-hmm. you know, it used to be a couple of hundred people and, you know, they're typical Steelers fans. So if the Steelers aren't playing great or they have a bad series, people would right. fucking bitch. And Bob would, yeah, he's, a, he was a very loud man. <laughs> <laughs> Not like I am at all, but oh Bob no, not at very, all, not at all. Very loud man, and he would yell, "How many minutes of football? Sixty minutes of football! <laughs> Quit your sniveling!" Sixty-minute man, baby. People would uh, shut the fuck up and get back into the game. And God damn it, if Ian didn't remind me of that tonight, so Bob, looking down from wherever you are right now, thank you for that. You are remembered. That is. Uh... That's beautiful, and uh, yeah, let's hope we do get a solid sixty minutes from the uh, black and gold. And I, I think this is uh, thirty to thirteen. I, I, I think uh, we'll come out. We'll take care of some things uh, fairly early. It won't be a big lead at halftime, but we'll get into the second half, get a decent enough lead where uh, uh, we we can relax and not chew our fingernails right down to the bone or anything like that. But. Then again, as we've talked about, these are the games that scare me with Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I'm sticking to my guns. I'll go 30 to 13. All right, we're getting out of here for uh, Ian and Ben. This is Steel Dad uh, saying so long on the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And hey, go Steelers. And hey, Ravens suck. (laughs) Fuck the Cowboys. (laughs) 